You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Open Stage Podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform with actors, performers, and over 20 Broadway shows and other stages across the globe. We are your one-stop shop for marrying your pursuit in theater, this tough career that we all chose to do, and a pursuit of a journey in fitness. So, Actors or athletes, you should be training like one. That's our goal here. Hop on over to the website, builtforthestage.com, and we can be on our way with a seven-day trial where we'll work one-on-one on an interactive fitness app. All right, recently, let's get on to our guest. That's who we're here for. Not here to hear me chat. Just saw Frozen uh, maybe three-ish weeks ago uh, in the West End in London and got to get reacquainted with some uh, former Bill for the Stage fan members and got to meet some new friends as well. And one of those new friends we did a photo shoot with, they're currently in the ensemble. They're understudying Volda and Queen Iduna. They've actually been going on uh, pretty frequently. I'd like to chat with her about that as the queen. Uh, yeah, place of birth from the Philippines. Just reading her bio here, straight out of the program, not the playbill, but the program. Uh, if you're listening to Bill from the Stage podcast, I've said this a few times, but their playbills, their programs over there, they're not standardized. Like this one's quite large. And the, this Angeliet one, the Book of Mormon one, pretty standard as far as size goes. But yeah, this one's nice. Not too big. You know, you want to carry it after a drink or so. But, uh, oh, our, our guest. Yeah, let's get to our guest. Enough of me. So please welcome to the podcast the lovely, the talented, the super nice, Isabella Lansnig Santos. Hey, Isabella. Hello, hello. What's up, girl? Good, good to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. It was so nice seeing you in London. And now here we are on the interwebs. Here we are on the virtual screen. Uh, let's just jump into being a little silly and having our uh, followers, our listeners get to know you a bit. Let's put you straight up to the BFTS hot seat. You know, no pressure, but let's just 
make you sweat a bit. Do we have any? Let's see if we have some tunes for this. Okay. Okay. Bye, B. Okay, we're going for him. <laughs> here we go. BFTS hot seat. Grooving with some dance pop over here. First question. <laughs> All right, first question. If you're walking into a room and the TV's on and there's a movie playing that you've seen a hundred times, but yet this movie is going to make you stop in your tracks and you have to stop and watch it, what is that movie? Oh, wow. Why is it called a hot seat? Okay. Um, so <laughs> it has to be a rom-com. I... My friends say if there's one word to describe me as movie, it's a feel-good rom-com. So it has to be probably. Ooh, okay. This is called The Little Black Book. Um, and it's Brittany Murphy. And I love it because it also has all the songs from Carly Simon, who I'm a big fan of. Okay. All right. Super random. You weren't expecting that, were you? The little black book. No, I have to. I don't know if I'm I was like gonna go with like the wedding planner. I was good with Jennifer Lopez. You know this one? Yeah, I know. I love that one. I was. It was either that or Pretty Woman, but I didn't want Pretty to Woman. <laughs> yeah, another classic. Uh, any others that I really like? Um, oh, what's the other one with them too? It'll come back. See, luckily you're on the hot seat, not me. Yeah. All right. So next question: You uh, you just came from a spin class. You said, "What's a go-to song that like it'll come on and just." liven your day up to 100% like boom going from zero to 100 what's that song okay I have one right now it's current you can shame me because it's technically a tiktok song but when I leave <laughs> the house and I need to strut like it's no one's business in the London streets it's Vegas right now by Doja Cat do you know, okay. which, yeah. do you know which song that is yeah yeah that right. in a spin class walking that will that's the one. All right, Vegas, Doja Cat, got it. All right, so if you were to reincarnate and come back to this earth as an animal, which animal would you come back to the earth as? I know this is basic, but a dog, because everyone pets dogs. Yeah. Because if I were to say any other animal, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind like running. Yeah, cheetah maybe. Cheetah or dog? Because then I could just like, run really fast and see how it feels. The cheetah. All right, I'm with it. I'm with it. The dogs have a great life, you know. Just yeah. especially if you're like a a pet dog, you just lay around, you play sometimes, you get to go out on walks. People love you. You just chill. Yeah. It's just a life of chill. Uh, okay. Next question: If you were to not be on the stage performing, what would you be doing? Okay, so very interesting question because I came from quite an academic background and I so I, I ended up doing like the American system like of high school and doing the IB. So everything was geared towards me doing something businessy. And I actually applied for advertising and media communication courses Ooh. alongside musical theater. So I feel like I would do that if I wasn't performing. All right. I just you just submitted your application for the bill for the stage representative in London. I can't wait. Exactly. Uh, we'll have to chat afterwards uh, and chat more about that in the more serious part, quote unquote, of the interview. All right. Last hot seat question. If you're walking through London, it can't be like a, a touristy, like everybody knows about a thing. But 
Do you have any hidden gems, whether it's like a favorite restaurant or a cafe or something in the London area? So when I was training for three years um, at uni, it would probably be the area that I was in, in Angel. There's this canal that's just really beautiful. And whenever I just need to like take my mind off things, you can walk from Angel to King's Cross and the, along the canal. And yeah, I just, I find peace there. All right, cool. Congratulations. You're off of the hot seat. You did it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Okay. So now we uh, shook it loose a bit. Uh, you're in Frozen, like I mentioned before. Tell us about what you joined in August or when did you join the cast? Yeah. So we, uh, we started rehearsals in August, August 15th, but I found out about Frozen May 3rd. So I had three and a half months of just waiting to start. And I, yeah, at first I was like, oh, this is good. I'm going to have like a fun summer and then I'm going to start work. But then after the first month, I was so bored. I just wanted to start. <laughs> sure. So how did yeah. you how did you try to fill your days when you were bored and anxious, ready to start? Well, I worked part time at a gym just front of house making smoothies. So a lot of it was. Let's um, go. Tell me what's, yeah. what's your favorite smoothie? What's your best smoothie you make? So <laughs> I'm more of like a mango um, with a bit of vegan vanilla protein and some honey. So there's like mango bananas. Yeah, is that pretty great? Oh, and ginger. Love ginger. I love me some ginger too. It's just like the second you taste it, you're like, I am rejuvenating my body as mm -hmm. I like in the moment. I could feel it working. Uh, yeah. Are you vegan? You mentioned vegan no. protein. No, I prefer the vegan between whey and vegan protein. Ah. I've tried both of them. I prefer the taste of the vegan. So it has nothing to do, yeah, with. Also, sometimes singers like the vegan option because way some people don't like the texture yeah. on their throat. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. Like I eat a lot of dairy. I love cheese. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, all right. So you no longer have time to work in the front of house of this, uh, this gym. No, I like, I like how I just said, the, did you say that as well? I just said the front of house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's what it was. That's was my official title. <laughs> Do they call it that the front of house? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because to me, that's just like a theater. A theater. Yeah. Like you would just say you're the front desk attendant at, at the gym. Yeah. No, I don't know. They said front of house when I applied. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe I'm making that up. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. So you did that uh, and you're waiting and waiting. And then finally the show happens. And you, before we hit record, you have just been kind of been go going, 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 going. How have you maintained this? How are you still standing? Uh, how are you still awake right now after all this work? Tell us a little bit about what the past <laughs> past three, four months have been like. It's been intense. Yeah, I it's definitely been an adjustment because this is my first um, contract. This is my first big job. And I knew coming into this that it was going to be completely different. So I was ready for all of the, like, things to come at me so I was just kind of going with it until I realized like, okay what do I need to do I think definitely for me obviously everyone says this but like eating well like drink uh, staying hydrated and sleep 
but sleep wasn't a problem. I was so exhausted that I just slept anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the, with the eating and the drinking, this is great. So the pyramid of, of fitness, the base of it is about recovery, nutrition, and sleep. And so many people, whether it's fitness or uh, their theater career, they just kind of skip over it. They think, oh, I'm going to work out or I'm going to work hard at my rehearsals or yada, yada. But they're not giving themselves enough time to properly recover. How, with the sleep not being an issue, how did you, like, uh, eat properly? Did you... Well, eat actually is really awkward, actually, because... (laughs) No, if you have a double show day, my problem was... I, I don't, I know you're going to be mad, but I don't like eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're going to be mad. Hilarious. I, I don't eat breakfast. And before the show starts, it's too early for me to eat. But then when, during the show, that's when I would normally eat. And then after the show, it's already four o'clock, which is technically our dinner time. So at first I found myself eating my lunch and dinner, my first meal at the day at 4.30. And that was it. Cause I, d- I didn't want to eat afterwards so it was kind of just finding nutritional snacks as well because I I'm not a snacker so I just realized okay I can't just have one meal a day so I would have a big snack or like breakfast we can call it breakfast before the show um have my big meal um in between the two shows and then after the show I'll just have like a small small snack so I just like maintain that like I actually have food in my system all right wait let's break this down because this is a good topic for for everyone that is uh is listening so let me see if I can all right and let's while make- you do that just I'm so sorry but I'm gonna get my charger really quickly yeah, yeah go ahead so I'm gonna write down Isabella said she started with a big snack. We'll do the times later. Big snack. Then the show, she said she ate at 4.30. Then the show is done probably around 10-ish. 10-ish. So it looks like there's three opportunities. All right, cool. So everyone that's listening and watching right now, this is actually what you could do with me on the app. We can... Talk about your schedule and see how best it'll work with your performance or rehearsal or work or whatever. All right, Isabella, thanks for not uh, having your computer die in the middle of this interview. I appreciate that. All right, when was the big snack? What time was it at? The big snack happens right after the first show. Um, so oh, that 4.30. 4.30. Oh, so I was no, 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 The big snack is not the meal, right? Oh, sorry. The big snack is before the show. Sorry. Before the show, I think because I don't like eating right when I wake up. I don't know. I'm just like that. So I would say the big snack starts at noon. All right, noon. And what what's in the big snack? Um, the big snack is probably like fruit smoothie. I love my ginger shot, and there is food coming along. Um, it depends. It's kind of like maybe like a protein bar or rice cakes, like anything. I there's a lot of snacks. It's not just one snack. All right, so it's it's a it's a uh, snacking party, yeah. a snack party. All right, yeah. so that's at twelve four thirty. What would what would you have for your meal? I've been really bad at meal prepping, but sometimes, but basically, my go to is probably a bento box at 
our Jap like there's a Japanese restaurant. Yeah. Um, so there will probably be like rice, some salmon, like cooked salmon, awesome. um, a salad, and some miso soup. Okay, cool. And then, and then that was it. You wouldn't eat after the show, the second show. Sometimes I don't, but sometimes if I'm really, really, really hungry, I have a frozen pizza. Okay, frozen pizza. No judgment here. I'm, I'm, no judgment. No judgment. Uh, maybe. All right, so that's a maybe. All right, so let's put this up. All right, you can see it, right? I don't, yeah. I don't love the way that's uh, – can I – let's see if I can do this. Let's see what that looks like. That's about the same. All right. So fruit smooth uh, in the smoothie or the protein bar, rice cakes. So would it be like all of this or would you pick and choose from your snack? Well, honestly, it's like probably always three out of four. All right. Three out of four. Perfect. We can work with that. Yeah. Would, would your three out of four, would one of the three things either be like the protein in the smoothie or the protein yeah. bar? Okay, good. So, yeah, everyone out there listening, you probably hear it over and over again, but it's the truth that we oftentimes are always over-consuming our carbs and fats, and we're way behind on the protein. So if you're to have three out of four, I'm going to guess 100, 200, 250, you're probably going to be around like 400-ish calories there. We're talking about, and everyone listening, I'm talking calories because of um, uh, energy output. I'm not talking about like, counting calories for weight loss or whatever. I'm just talking about functionality. I love the rice, salmon, salad, miso soup. That probably, you probably were craving that, really needing it after the first show, right? Yeah. No, honestly, after the first show ends, that's all I think about food. Some people like <laughs> lounge around in the dressing room and they're like, hmm, what should I eat? Yeah. You know, I know when, the sh when we do our final bow, what I'm going to eat that day. Yeah. So depending on the serving size of the rice and the salmon, you're probably going to be, again, around like four to 600 calories. So you're approaching like a thousand or more calories for the day so far. So and then the, the pizza ruins it. <laughs> so, so no, the after, uh, what I was going to say is the after show meal is essential. If you're going to do it this way, we need to definitely eat after. And yeah. if, if we could repeat something more similar to the lunchtime vibe, obviously that would be better just for fuel's sake. Um, or even like uh, the snacking at the end end of the day with a, a protein base. All right, so I'm gonna email you after. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sort this out. Yeah, we gotta make, we gotta make sure your your energy levels and uh, performance is tip top. Um, cool. Thanks for chatting that through. I think people listening will find that insightful because it is tough with two shows to, um, yeah, kind of manage your day. Mm. I would, when do you get up? Let's, that's another question. What time do you wake up? I normally sleep around anywhere from midnight to 1am and then I wake up anywhere from 9am to 10am. <laughs> okay. And then what time do you have to be at the theater for uh, a first show? Uh, so we would have to be there at, well, I like to go half an hour before warm up. So at noon, so I have to leave the, my place at 1130. Got it. Got it. Okay. And we don't like to eat right when you get up. So that's, there lies the problem. Yeah. 
well, if you don't go to bed until 12 or one, that leaves you, you know, you could eat at 10, 10 30, which then gives you an hour, two hours, even more than two hours to digest before going to bed. So, yeah. All right. So we'll go with the after, after the show thing. I'll, I'll email you after. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Everyone that listened to that and loved it, amazing. Everyone that wants to hear more theater things, amazing. Here it is. You were recently on for The Queen. How prepared did you feel? Were you excited? Tell me about it. This just happened, happened like what, a week or two ago? It happened two weeks ago, and then I'm on as the queen again this week because our queen is off on holiday. So it's been really great. I've been getting lots of practice. But what was amazing was we actually had our first cover run for the whole show. So all of the understudies were going on um, just uh, as a rehearsal start to finish um, Wednesday during the day. And then we found out that Jackie was poorly. So then I just went on at night. So I basically had a a go at it before um, the actual show. So I was really prepared. Yeah. And it went well. Yes. Yeah. It went well. I, it was just an amazing experience. I've never had it. Cause obviously the ensemble people are staring at you, but when you're have your own lines and you're singing, you could just feel everyone's faces looking at you. And it was just so, I don't know. People might say intimidating, but I loved it. Hey, that's a, a good quality to have in this type of career. You don't want to shy away from it. That's for sure. Did you have family that came to see it? Uh, so my dad, he came during opening night, but he actually lives in Malaysia. So he flew like a 22 hour journey just to watch my opening night. So hopefully right. he'll come again to watch the queen, but probably next year. <laughs> I wanted, yeah, I wanted to ask, cause I felt like when we had the photo shoot, I remember you saying that story. So that's, Pretty crazy, 22 hours, but I'm sure he was beaming, yeah? He was yeah. on cloud nine. So proud. He did not know anything about Frozen, not even the song Let It Go, and he was <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he's he's a rare bird out there, not, not even to know the song Let It Go. Some, some parents out there would say, oh, he's so lucky. Um, <laughs> I definitely enjoyed watching the dads in the audience that I thought – you know, they're just there for their kids or whatever. But then the songs would start and they start bopping their heads yeah. and singing along and all that. Um, yeah, hilarious. Let's rewind to your background because I remember it was very, like, all over the place. Even, like, yeah. where you've lived and you've come. Yeah. 
Run my it. accent as well. Yeah, run us, run us through all of it. Tell us like okay. you're a unicorn. Tell us about being a unicorn. My full story. So yeah. uh, my dad is Austrian. My mom is Filipino. And so I'm half Austrian, half Filipino, born in the Philippines. And when I was four, we moved to Abuja, Nigeria, and we lived there for seven years. Uh, my dad works for a company um, in medical engineering. So he builds hospitals around the world in developing countries. So we just followed him. So Nigeria for seven years. And then when I was 11, I moved to Malaysia for seven years. And all throughout that um, schooling, I went to an American international school. So most of my teachers were American. Most of my friends were American, hence the accent. Um, and then uh, my mom used to live in New York and I fell in love with Broadway. That's how I got into musical theater. So my entire dream was NYU, NYU. Like I wanted to live in New York and my dad completely supported me being an actress, but he's like, let's think about it. You're European. It makes more sense to be in Europe. And I was like, I've never been to uh, London. And he's like, okay, let's go. Let's see if you like it. Basically what he was trying to say is he doesn't want to pay $240,000 versus 27,000 pounds, which I completely respect because it's so crazy. Um, the difference uh, and also because European, we get like the European fees, which is less than international fees. So I ended up in uh, the UK. I moved here 2017 and I've been here for the past five years. <laughs> Amazing. OK, so did you ever make it to New York? Have you been? Oh, yeah. No. Um, since my mom used to live there, um, like my godfather lives uh, is still there. So we used to go like almost every summer. I did lots of like acting conservatory programs during the summer with NYU, actually. So I did Stella Adler School of Acting. Uh, I loved it. And also it just made more sense because my whole high school experience was more American based. It, everyone from my like grade in high school ended up going to the U.S. for college. So I was kind of like the outlier going to London. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't change that for the world. I love it here. I'd probably... Do you not want to leave? Yeah, I, I mean, hence my talks with you. Um, hey, you're going to probably see me again sooner than later. Um, God bless New York, but we just <laughs> got some work to do right now. We got some work. Mm -hmm. to do. Uh, okay, so growing up and your mom uh, having lived in New York and having some influence with you and musical theater, what were like some of the first musicals or first performances that you like ran across that made you fall in love? So actually it was my dad, but basically what happened was my mom would always say every, every time we were in New York, do you want to go to the cinema or do you want to go to the theater? And I would be like, cinema, duh. Like, why would I want to go to the theater? Um, and I remember there, it was, we were watching Hairspray in the cinema, like when the movie came out. Okay, okay. <laughs> we didn't watch live theater. And I've been to like New York maybe three or four times. And then in 2008, when I was eight years old, my dad came to New York for the first time. He joined us and he was like, what is this cinema talk? We're not going to the cinema. We're going to the theater. And I'm like, ew. Right. And, you, you could go to the movies in your hometown. You yeah, know? I know. But I, I was a kid. And so he ended up getting amazing box seats for Phantom of the Opera. And that was my very first musical. And okay. Then my life changed. And then your life changed. And you wanted to be what Christine Day ever since? Yeah, honestly, because I so I 
came from a more classical background of singing. Okay. So I was the first songs I sang were from Phantom of the Opera because I was hooked. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. And once once you were uh, in New York seeing Phantom, then you returned back home. How do you like keep this going? Were there like schools around or how did you continue this new passion? It was hard. So I remember we would spend a lot of time uh, between like New York and the Philippines. And every time when I was living in Nigeria, so that was from the age four to 11, every summer break, spring break, Christmas break, because my mom knew I loved it so much. It was always to get me into singing classes, piano lessons, dance classes, but they would only be for two months or like a month. Okay. And then I would go back to Nigeria and it wasn't really accessible. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, I think it was the fifth grade. They just, in our school, they made a music program. There was no music program before that um, accessible to everyone. So it was just more of an access thing that I found really hard. And then when I, when I ended up going back uh, to Malaysia, it was, I don't know, you I don't know about your like high school experience, but like Malaysia was so American. It was all like clubs and I was um, doing like all these after school, like varsity dance and stuff like that. But it wasn't, I was in a ballet class being really like focusing on technique. It was more just fun, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. But, yeah, I basically had like a staggered training till the age about 18 of picking up every couple of months, like some skills, but never like fully fledged. Um, and I basically started only doing my first dance class when I went to college at 18. Mm. And so I flew over to London and I did all my auditions and I thought I was gonna be this fun experience. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So tell, all right, tell us, tell us more. Why was it horrible? Uh, because I was pretty naive, thinking at seventeen years old, someone who doesn't really have experience in singing, dancing, and acting, um, to just like fly over and get into like the top schools in London when they've been doing it since the age of three, and then they've been training their like whole like fourteen to eighteen year old life to for a place here and I'm just rocking up like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when reality smacks you in the face, if you will, how, how did you, how did you uh, handle that? How did you, how did you re respond? So I originally ended up auditioning for three year degree courses and I didn't even know just again, there was no one in Malaysia that I knew of that did performing arts. So it was so taboo. Like I didn't have any information or anyone who could give me advice. So it was just based off the internet. So I didn't know much, but I realized that they do a one-year foundation course, which is essentially a boot camp. I personally think it was tougher than the three-year degree course because it's everything smushed into one year to give you those skills for the three-year degree. Sure. So I ended up not getting into any third uh, three-year de degree courses and doing a one-year foundation. 
And then from that one-year foundation, I worked so hard because I knew I was falling so behind and I had to catch up on everything. Honestly, back then, I only knew of uh, Phantom of the Opera, Hairspray, and Grease. I'll say that. Those were the only musicals I knew. Uh, Yeah, and then worked my way up, got into the three-year degree at Erdine Academy. Let's rewind to the one year when you said, like, I worked so hard. What would, like, a a typical day look like where you were, like, putting in that extra work? So we would have classes. It was pretty full on Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. But what they also had were evening classes that you could pay for. And some people would do like an one extra evening class, but I, I basically did every evening class and that was, you, it was additional, but that was from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, so I was, I was there. It was all day. Usually. All day, all day. Yeah. You get done at 10 p.m. You go to bed, you wake up and do it all over again. Yeah. Do it all over again. There was, it was so hard waking up for ballet. <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it because I got into my dream school the next year for my three-year degree, which was Erdang Academy in London. And then I ended up signing with like my dream agent who uh, got me the, this audition for a little show called Frozen. And then next thing you know, I'm in one of the biggest shows in the West End. So I'm ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Uh, all of that is super impressive. I think, though, the biggest thing that stands out to me is – uh, being based in Malaysia and you saying that like doing this wasn't really a thing. So for you to have the the courage or the bravery to just be uh, that outlier, if you will, that trailblazer of saying no one's doing this around me, but I'm still going for it. Um, yeah. Tell, yeah. A little, do you have any more like stories about that where yeah. like, how did you, who did you go to, to know, where to apply for these schools or like who helped you with this guidance of getting started? Me. <laughs> okay. Recently, yeah. So, you just like started searching and. Yeah. In my senior year of high school, I fully um, enrolled in like singing cl- lessons, but again, there was no musical theater singing teachers. So I ended up um, doing classical lessons and he knew a couple of musical theater songs and I'm not going to tell you the songs, but if you knew what I actually sang for my audition, very inappropriate, not my casting, not me. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I didn't know anything back then. Sure. Um, so I enrolled in that. And then he um, told me just try to broaden my like horizons with different like courses and stuff like that. But ultimately what I did was use Google best schools for musical theater in the United Kingdom. Uh-huh. And it's really interesting when you're just basing things off of a website, because now I kind of know the drama schools here, like what they're known for, what the stereotypes are. But I still remember what I thought of them back then when I didn't know anything and I just based it off their website. It's yeah. very different. <laughs> uh, without naming, without naming names, how so? Um, so it's one of those things where obviously, like, there is some places where I was like, oh, they're using like serious words here and like a really cool font and see, everything seems a, quite formal. This must be a good school. Got it. Or 
oh, there's so many fun colors. This must be a really bad school. But then I kind of got them completely mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Like you were saying before about marketing and presentation and that's a whole, that's yeah. a whole thing. Like it's important. It's important. Um, yeah. All right. So you're in the show now. What uh, what have you learned? You're among some veterans. You're, yeah, you're new to the game. What, uh, what are some lessons you've learned? And then uh, we'll wrap it up from there. I think the biggest lesson I've learned is it's okay to ask for help. I, yeah, I just, I felt really scared going into this because it's not going from a, a school environment to a professional environment. And a lot of people know each other. A lot of people have done other shows. So I felt like there was this expectation that I should know it too. And I think the biggest thing I learned is it's okay to not know things. And it's okay to be like, you know what? I don't know what this means. Can you please help me? I don't remember what move this is. Can, what should I do? Or even like with maintaining and like being a human, like a functioning human, I'm like, okay, you were in this show. How did you do to cope with this? Like I'm barely like coping. Yeah. It's just, it's asking for help is not a weakness. Yeah. Stamp. If, yeah. if, you're, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, <laughs> that was, I'm giving like, that's it. Close the book. What a way to end this, uh, this conversation. Love that. Put that, up. put that, put that on a poster, put that on a t-shirt. Love it. Um, okay. Isabella. Yeah. Thanks for joining us after your spin class today. We didn't really <laughs> chat about your spin class, but glad you got uh, got back in there after your couple of months of busyness. Congrats uh, again about your success going on for the roles that you understudy. Um, yeah, and can't wait to keep in touch. Everyone that's listening, check out the description of this episode. Make sure you give Isabella a follow. You can see her Instagram handle there and any other information that you want to know about becoming a super fan of Isabella Glanzig. <laughs> thank you so much, Isabella. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you're doing well. And I can't wait to see you back in London. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Everyone, Isabella Glanzig from the cast of Frozen in the West End. Uh, super talented, super nice. I hope you all will get to know her more and give her a follow on the gram. Again, I'm Joe Roscoe from Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. Check us out, builtforthestage.com. Until next time, actors or athletes, train like one. Later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.